0: town of not There is a major new development.
1: Welcome back to A Dark Tale, and as always, thank you for listening. If this is your first time joining us, I highly recommend you go back to part one of this series, Lacey Peterson, part one.
2: And we'll be here waiting for
1: you. Yeah. When you're caught up, you'll have heard the story, the case of Scott and Lacey Peterson. They were a married and supposedly happy couple until one Christmas Eve, Lacey had gone missing. Uh, Scott, being the number one suspect, did himself absolutely no favors during the initial search and investigation, giving different answers, stonewalling a police search, and appearing apathetic throughout the entire situation. And this was before it was even revealed that he was having an affair. How are you this week, Joe?
2: I'm good. How are you doing, James?
1: I'm I'm doing really good this
2: week. I'm excited to wrap this one up. Yeah,
1: it's been a good week and uh, this has been an interesting case. Thank you for bringing it to my attention. Always
2: happy to do so.
1: Yeah. So, uh, moving on. What happened? What happened next?
2: So, when we broke off at part two, we had pretty much dropped the bombshell that the the mistress of Scott Peterson, Amber Fry, comes into play. Uh, but before we get into that, let's just um, somewhat review. So, s- police had their suspicions about Scott initially and were surprised with his behavior. Modesto police detective John Bueller told ABC News in 2017, quote, I suspected Scott when I first met him. Didn't mean he did it, but I was a little bit thrown off by his calm, cool demeanor, and his lack of questioning. He wasn't asking, will you call me back? Can I have one of your cards? What are you guys doing now? End quote. Another detective found a phone book in the kitchen counter at the Peterson residence open to a full page ad disclosing a defense lawyer. So that was a little shady in police investigators eyes. I, yeah,
1: I, I can see it both ways. I, at this point, I'm not trying to play devil's advocate too much because I, I feel on board with, uh, where they're at in the investigation as
2: well. Okay. But
1: I I don't entirely agree with some of the reasoning here.
2: Okay, that's fair enough. No, well, throughout throughout the day, Peterson was reported as completely calm. <clears throat> Modesto police didn't immediately reveal to the public that Peterson was a suspect even though he was, but Largely in part because Lacey's family and friends maintained their faith in his innocence during the month following her disappearance.
1: That's right, yeah.
2: Yeah, everyone was really supportive of Scott. Eventually, police grew more suspicious of Scott due to the inconsistencies of his story. On January 17th, it became known that Peterson had engaged in two other extramarital affairs prior to Amber Fry.
1: So he was cheating before this active affair uh, that happened while
2: she went missing. Yeah. These affairs, according to the police timelines, show that they were most likely taking place while Scott was still in school. Now, he and Lacey were together, but we have to remember that Lacey had finished a year before Scott did. So he was still a senior while Lacey had already moved on to a full-time career. He's a... He's a
1: Lifelong scumbag at that point. Then, if he had just yeah been I mean, cheating, he's not at all che- faithful. No, yeah. he apparently he hasn't been since the beginning. Right. All right.
2: Let's go back to November of two thousand two, really quickly. I mm-hmm. just want to brush over some things. Sean Sibley is a friend and coworker of Scott Peterson. They were at some sort of conference for work, and upon Scott's request, wants to be set up through Sean with a female friend or coworker. Does Sean know that he's married? I'm sure he does. I mean, they're bros. Yeah, they're just being bros. You know, bros. So, after the conference, Scott comes home and Sean gets this number for Scott for 28-year-old Amber Fry. Scott says that he's single. Scott and Amber begin a romantic relationship throughout the months of November into December and indeed into the weeks after Lacey's sudden disappearance. Good job, dude. Now, a little bit about Amber Fry. She is a single mother, like I said, 28 years old, Uh living in Fresno, California, working as a massage therapist, trying to balance her job and raising a child. She's under the impression that she's with a single guy, you know, starting off what may be a half-decent relationship. Sure. She's oblivious she to the She got played. That sucks. Scott goes as far to tell Amber that his wife is dead and that this year, 2002, would be his first Christmas season as a widower. Oh boy, that's bad timing. 14 days, he tells her this, on December 9th, 2002. This is 14 days before Lacey's disappearance. So that was like a three-point call he made. Police later speculated whether this was an indication that Scott had already decided to kill Lacey, which is something that Lacey's mother, Sharon, now agrees with. At the very least, it's 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 very poor timing, well, not only is it <laughs> not only is it poor timing, right there you got motive. Is that motive? That's motive, baby. Uh, In the eyes of an investigator, is yeah. this is a pretty much slam dunk. You've got a missing pregnant mother on Christmas with a husband who's been, at the very least, shady about the whole thing, and. He's been keeping the biggest secret of all is he's been having an affair. And at some point, he must have told police about previous affairs because not only did he have this one with Amber, he had two previous before that. Yeah,
1: I have no doubt in my mind that if it were as simple as he, it was bad timing like his wife had gone missing and he had already begun an affair and he um he was resistant to to uh to reveal that and maybe you know even re- uh, resistant to admit that like maybe there's some comfort in knowing that his failing relationship got you know taken out of the picture for some reason. But let's
2: break that down.
1: I'm saying that if that were the truth, though, I, I think it absolutely would have gone differently than yeah, the way I, I was
2: going to say, if you break that down, even if he was innocent and having an affair or multiple affairs and he didn't do this to his wife, yeah. uh, you think he would still at some point come forward and say, listen, I want to be upfront as I can about all of this and... You know, I I messed around in the past. Yeah. I, I have a girl now on the side. I have a girl now on the side. And, you know, let's move on. This way you could move on with, you know, the investigation. And I think Scott even says that in one of his, his, his interviews. He does, we, oh, he does try to play that card eventually? Yeah. With Diane Sawyer, I think we played it in part two that, you know, I'm glad... 'Cause Amber Fry comes forward in a press conference, as we'll discuss in a second. I think Scott says, Oh yeah, I'm happy she did that. And Diane Sawyer, you can see it on her face. She goes, You're happy that uh-huh. happens? And he goes, Well, yeah, I mean, now we can that shows what kind of character Amber has as a person and Yeah. And Yeah, agreed. What does it say about you? But, exactly. And he says, Now we can put that aside and we can continue looking for Lacey. So, yeah, that's, he's very, what a weird answer. Well, if you watch that whole interview, it, it really sank him. So let's move on. Um, Amber learned about Lacey. Scott told her she was dead. Amber learns the truth about Lacey in the newspaper and throughout the media coverage of the, of the of the case. Finds out she's been missing for a month. So she approaches the police about Scott on December 30th. After learning that he was actually a married man and married to this missing woman, she called a tip line and immediately began working with the police to pull whatever useful information she could she could get out of her. I'm using air quotes, boyfriend. Well, sure. From her perspective, it does sound like that he just admitted to
1: straight up murder. Cause and then she finds out that like, oh, he he was married when he told me that.
2: Of course. What does any logical person
1: think? That seems like a very
2: easy conclusion. Sorry about that. Go ahead. No, not at all. So she agrees to let the police tape her subsequent phone conversations with Scott Peterson in the hopes of getting him to confess. All right. So they're, you know, that's exactly. Yeah. Later, the audio recordings of the couple's telephone conversations were played And the transcripts were publicized. Did you look over that? I listened to parts of them, anything that I could find. Yeah, I mean, I didn't listen to all of it.
3: Happy New Year!
0: Happy New Year!
3: I just stepped out of the room because it's so loud and crazy and I thought, you know, you're going to be, I knew you'd be calling, and I was like, I didn't want to be in the middle of that, because I would not be able to hear you.
0: Oh, that's, that's kind of sad that you're not jumping up and down with everyone.
3: Oh, it is insane. I didn't think Sean's party was going to be so insane, because I, she's always going to be quaint. There's not going to be that many okay. people, and they're singing karaoke, and I was like, oh my God. Yeah. So, uh, how are you? I'm tired. So tell me, what about a New Year's resolution?
0: Oh, I didn't even think of
3: one. You didn't think of one?
0: What, nine hours later week,
3: You had nine hours to think of one.
0: Yeah. So, do you have a resolution?
3: Yeah, I do, actually. Would you like to hear it? Do you share it? Yeah, I I would like to share with you. My New Year's resolution is, and actually I thought of one for you. Which one do you want me to share first? Yours first. My New Year's resolution for you would be to not travel so much and spend more time with me and Iona. What do you think of that? Was that a was that something on your mind or anywhere close oh yeah it's definitely been a long time for
2: a long time so the first thing you will notice about those clips i don't even really have to say it but something to talk about is Amber sounds like a 14-year-old, and Scott sounds like he's a 65-year-old smoker in a wheelchair. It reminded me of To Catch a Predator. Yeah, it was was, really creepy. Really high-pitched
1: voice. Yeah, I'm not trying to, like, yeah, go off on on a different kind of conversation tangent here, but yeah, that's... Yeah, th- just the, the tone of it was creepy. It on, didn't seem and and on real itself. to me. That was just yeah. honestly very strange. To, 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 it was jarring to hear, and I, I I hope I'm not the only one to think that. Um, But what was he saying? Well,
2: it's very hard to understand.
1: He, yeah, he's got like a deep vocal fry going on. It sounds like he's got a frog in his throat. Good play on words. Talking to
2: Amber Fry with the vocal fry. Oh, my God. I did not. I didn't play it. You did. Okay. Anyway... These recordings revealed that in the days after Lacey went missing, Scott told Amber that he traveled to Paris to celebrate the, ho- the New Year's holiday, in part with his new companions Pasquale and Francois, when in reality, he made one of these phone calls while attending that New Year's Eve candlelight vigil for Lacey and Modesto. So he lied and said he was in Paris? Yes. That's a weird probably, thing to say. which anyway. will probably explain the tone of his voice. He may have been somewhere where he's trying to keep quiet. Maybe somewhere he shouldn't have been. He was supposed to be at that vigil, so where was he when he made that phone call? I didn't really look into timelines yeah, of that he's,
1: day. I, that is so strange. What everything he's doing is strange to me. That's of course. Such, so I, that's too many flags, dude. You're you run out of, you run out of slack from me. Um, it sounds like you're hiding way
2: more than just a fucking affair or three. Just to add a little bit to the strange behavior that you're mentioning here, Scott added two pornographic channels to his cable package after Lacey disappeared and also made an attempt to sell the home that he and Lacey shared, as well as Lacey's Land Rover.
1: Well, that, I mean, him ordering porn... I mean, that is strange because who buys porn except a psycho? Plus, it was like two days after his wife went missing. Like, is that the priority? <sighs> I mean, do, do you want the truth? I feel like dudes jerk off at any given time of day, no matter how inappropriate okay, it is. Okay, that's fair like, to like say. honestly,
2: if I'm, I'll, but, be, I'll be real. But, I mean... Do you have to go to the... It's 2003 at this point. 2002. Do you really have to order a cable package? You, I, I, you guess was, I guess that was... I guess that... the internet. Eh, 2002, though, I guess that still was
1: mostly how people did it. I guess. It was just easier.
2: But it that just doesn't it seem like... It just made like, him
1: look bad. I, I don't know. It's, it's that, not a that,
2: priority when your pregnant wife's missing. It's, it's not something you do... Within right. that right. month, but who I'm found, sorry. But who, right, but who found out about that? Who was the ser- cops?
1: Did they, they, but that's 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 a weird thing to stack on, in my opinion. It's it's not illegal, no, but it's I, just I, that's what I mean. That's like That's what I mean. It just it just that's uh, one of those things that doesn't seem like strange behavior in my book. Him attempting to sell the home immediately and the and the and the car, that's weird to me yeah that's weird to me like yeah that's
2: more weird than the porn but the porn is just like i think that
1: yeah i know that just seems like a headline thing that just it's so easy to just generate shit like oh already guy that you know is creepy was being creepy you know it's it's just one of those things that gets tacked on it wasn't i that is no cause for suspicion in my opinion
2: okay that's fair I mean, my next point does mention the National Enquirer, and we know what a trusted piece of information that is. Okay, what were they doing? Well, before I get into that, neither Scott, the Peterson family, or the Rokas, Lacey's family, knew that the police were aware of Scott's affair. Amber and the cops were doing their own thing, okay? They had no idea that Amber was working with the cops, that, The calls were being recorded. Everybody was stacked against Scott at this point. Sure. Then in mid-January 2003, police learned that the National Enquirer had in its possession a photograph of Amber and Scott and intended to publish it. Uh, If you're familiar with this case, you may have looked at it. You may have seen this, this photograph. It's Amber and Scott at a... I guess, a Christmas party. There's a Christmas tree behind them. They're, uh, they're dressed to the nines. He's in a nice suit. She's in a dress. And they're pretty much arm in arm, smiling. So this magazine is, uh, that's the one. Yeah, James is pulling it up right now. We're looking at it. And uh, the National Enquirer had the photograph. They were going to publish it on January 24th. Amber Fry, shaking like a leaf, uh, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people remember this. Went out by herself in a press conference and uh, revealed to the world that she had an affair with Scott Peterson, but Scott had told her that she was that he was single. Right.
1: I mean, so that yeah, you got national uh, magazines publishing so, po- photos that you thought. We're just totally gonna be between well, you. Well, I and... think
2: this was an attempt to get ahead of the story. Sure. Oh, is oh, it? It didn't. It didn't publish it at that point. I, I don't know.
1: Mm. I don't, I'm not sure. I'm, I it mean, got it, out well, eventually. Yeah, she. I mean, to get ahead of the story, she knew she'd be in the spotlight right, and things right. like that. Like she, she had no idea. She didn't ask for the shit. She right. was, She was just. She thought she was just dating some dude. Imagine. Right. You're just dating a guy, and now you're. You're all over every social media thing and saying, Oh, this fucking bitch, she's well, yeah, like, oh what this you know.
2: Remember when we covered Chris Chris Watts, his mistress, Nicole Kessinger, mm-hmm. she was Googling Did people hate Amber Fry? Oh yeah. Oh, that's yeah, right. Yeah. I remember you saying that. Yeah. Wow,
1: full circle. Yeah. Um but the truth is, a, probably yes, but that anger was well, probably a little she, misinformed. She wrote a
2: book, and I, I, I didn't read the book, and I think people were more angry at that. Monica
1: Lewinsky's coming out with a Netflix special about um, this kind of... I mean, I don't know. It's probably an informed take on the
2: subject of uh, mob. Like she got... She got the raw end of that deal too. She got she lost her job and everything. Became a national joke. Yeah, exactly. I
1: I think that's more about what it is. It's like the fact that it was it became such a such a thing for her. Like you know, when really she got roped along. And why isn't he the one who's more under fire? You know, why is she the joke?
2: That makes sense. Yeah, things like that. Like
1: uh, Amber Fry didn't know what she was getting into.
2: You know, she was just dating a guy. No, as far as she knew, she was dating a single guy. He's a good-looking guy that, you know, presented himself as... That lied, yeah. Yeah. That that has
1: apparently had a very
2: good habit of lying. That's that psychopathic trait. Yep. Charismatic, good-looking. Not all good-looking people are psychopaths, but it just seems to be a common trait with psychopaths. They're great at lying. They're charismatic. And they use that to a, what is the word? Their advantage. Their, their no, that's
1: okay. There's nothing, there's nothing morally incorrect about using your, your own traits to your advantage. Actors do it, but that doesn't yeah. mean they're sociopaths. It's they do it for, I guess, mal, maladaptive purposes. For, for purposes that are not only beneficial to them, but often toxic to the
2: people around them. Well, it's my opinion that he I, was he was some sort of sex addict. I mean, he had a beautiful wife. I mean, you look at pictures of Lacey. She's a gorgeous girl. He marries her, and then he's carrying on with all these affairs behind her back, and as soon as his wife goes missing, I hate to bring it up again, but he's ordering porn. So I think that maybe he had a little... Too much on his mind. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah maybe maybe no, when you frame just, it like you know, that. He was like a little bit more active sexually. Yeah. No. Whether he, it was like a perversion, I don't know. But maybe he would just had a more, he uh, he was uh, some sort of an addiction to sex. When you phrase
1: it like that together, it, it does make a little more sense, honestly, when uh, just the fact that, yeah, either it shouldn't be a priority right now, things like that. And the fact that he couldn't just be happy with his own relationship. Right. Right. Like, it, it just means that, like, yeah, I understand
2: where you're coming yeah, from. Yeah, you put it a does nice make... little bow on that for me. Thank you. Um, so from the moment that Amber Fry steps into the public light, the Roca family turns their back on the son-in-law. And so did many of the small army of volunteers who had been looking for Lacey. Sure. So anybody that was on Scott's defense, other than his own parents, I believe, turned their back on him. Starting to do a heel turn. Yeah. Yeah. In late January 2003, Peterson's Good Morning America interview that I mentioned with Diane Sawyer went terrible.
0: I think everybody sitting at home wants the answer to the same question. Did you murder your wife? No, no, uh, I did not. And I had absolutely nothing to do with her disappearance. And you use the word murder. Um, and right now, everyone's looking for a body. And that is the hardest thing because that is not a possible resolution for us. And you use the word murder, and yeah, I mean that is a, a possibility. Um, It's not one we're ready to accept, and it creeps in my mind late at night and early in the morning. And during the day, all we can think about is the right resolution is to find her.
2: It pretty much calcified the public hatred for him. For one thing, he lied to Diane Sawyer when he said that he had told the police about his affair the day Lacey went missing. What did he say? He told police their marriage had been fine. It should
0: have been brought forth by me.
2: Immediately, the, the romantic relationship.
0: Had you told anyone? Did you tell police? Told the police immediately. When? That was uh, the first night we were together. The police, I spent um, with the police. You told them um, about her? Yeah, from December 24th on. Did your wife find out about it? I told my wife. When? In, um early
1: December. Right, yeah, that is a, that is a lie. Yeah. He should, that he should have been honest there.
2: He also told... Diane Sawyer that Lacey knew about the affair with Amber and that she was quote-unquote okay with it. A statement a statement which just about threw Nancy Grace into a fit. A Very low bar, but yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: Did it cause a rupture in the marriage? It was not um, a positive obviously. It's a you know inappropriate Um, but it was not something that we weren't um, dealing with a lot of arguing no no I I can't say that that even you know she was okay with the idea but uh, it wasn't anything that would break us apart there wasn't a lot of anger no do you really expect people to believe that an eight-and-a-half-month pregnant woman learns her husband has had an affair and is saintly and casual about it, accommodating, makes a peace with it? Well, I, yeah, I, you don't know. No one knows our relationship with us.
2: Most damningly, Scott was referring to his missing wife in the past tense throughout most of the interview saying things like Lacey was amazing or, you know, things of that nature. Yeah, very very deterministic language. Well, I think what the professionals would call that is leakage. Mm, They don't mean to say things like that but when a guilty person is talking about the crime you'll often find that things like that happen. Right. Was. The the, past tense. The truth is revealed through uh, not his description of the
1: events but the words he chooses to use in a relaxed state
2: or in some cases the words he doesn't use or the the actions he's not taking like yeah. we saw with the investigation
1: to say he had no uh understanding of optics in his scenario would be an understatement he it was more it was more to that
2: than yeah that been... aloofness yeah it's just com- he's completely oblivious sure so after that good morning america interview it like i said it's pretty much sealed the deal in the public eye that Scott was devious and guilty of something. What? We're not sure, but we can jump ahead a few weeks. And um, if you haven't heard this story before, this is the part where I've been uh, kind of, I guess you want to call it a trigger warning. Hanging on to Yeah, this is the grim part that I've been mentioning the last two episodes. In April 2003, April 13th to be specific, a couple was walking their dog along Point Isabel Regional Shoreline Park, north of Berkeley, when they discovered a decomposing body of a late-term fetus. Oh my god. Its head was encircled by a loop and a half of plastic and umbilical cord still attached. This was reported by an anonymous source from the Associated Press. One day later, passerby found the body of a recently pregnant woman wearing beige pants and a maternity bra. Washed up on the eastern shore of the bay along the rocky shoreline of the same park one mile away from where the baby's body was found. Oh my God. The corpse was decomposed to the point of being almost unrecognizable as a human body. The woman had been decapitated. Parts of her limbs were missing, including most of her legs. Five days later, after DNA results were returned, the tests verified that they were the bodies of Lacey and her unborn son Connor. The autopsy on both bodies was performed by forensic pathologist Dr Brian Peterson, and there's no relation to the Petersons involved in the case, just to be clear about that <clears throat> they were they were separated they were yeah they were found separate they were found separated yeah. According to the autopsy Connor's skin was not decomposed at all so we can discern from that that Lacey went into the water with Connor still in the womb and then probably was expelled after she died the exact date and cause of death of Lacey's were never determined she had suffered two crab cracked ribs though dr. Peterson could not determine if it had been before or after death Cracked ribs. Mm -hmm. Lacey's upper torso had been emptied of internal organs except for the uterus. Oh my God! Which protected the fetus, explaining the lower level of decomposition it experienced. Dr. Peterson also determined that the fetus had had been expelled from Peterson's decaying body, though he could not determine whether the fetus had been born alive or dead. It's just that's, a, uh, it's a vicious, vicious scene. That's, that's horrific. That I had sh- no idea. That should not happen. That's um, a, that's a glitch in the Matrix somewhere. No. that's should not happen. The discovery of the bodies created a greater sense of urgency for detectives Brocchini and Bueller, who had put a tracker on Scott's car. Now, By this time, Scott had dyed his hair, I believe. Interesting. Yeah. And had pretty much packed up and moved to San Diego. Interesting. Well, he says it was because of the media attention. He actually claimed he was living out of his car. So knowing that Scott was in San Diego at the time, they feared that he would escape across the border to Mexico. Rockini commented in 2017, quote, I just thought we've got to find Scott right now. He told me he was in the marina and that's where the bodies come up. I mean, I believe it was premeditated. He planned it. San Diego was pretty darn close to the Mexican border. Scott knew the area pretty well. That's where his parents lived. That's where he lived. So it wasn't like he was going to have to get on MapQuest to try and figure out how to, get to Tijuana. And this was the
1: investigators putting this together. This was one of the
2: detectives saying that. So he was basically saying, it's not like Scott doesn't know how to get to Mexico. That could be his number one priority. He has an out. And right now things we got to, he's in a, he's a big flight risk basically. Mm -hmm. So they wanted to get to him and, uh, they, they were pretty sure he knew the way they mentioned MapQuest. Do You remember MapQuest? Yeah, I do. I, uh, yeah, never mind. I'm not even going into it, but yeah, I was. I used it recently. <laughs> <laughs> so Scott Peterson was on a San Diego golf course when police arrived to arrest him on April 18th. He was carrying over $10,000 in cash, camping gear, his brother's ID as well as his own, and four cell phones. He was arraigned on April 21st, 2003. And charged with two counts of murder. Connor, with whom Lacey was still pregnant at her death, was included as a murder victim under California's fetal homicide law that protects any fetus eight weeks old, any fetus eight weeks or older. Okay. That same month, President Bush signed into law the Unborn Victims of Violence Act also known as Lacey and Connors Law. Wow. This criminalized harming a fetus when assaulting a pregnant woman.
1: Wow, I've heard of that too.
2: So the FBI, they conducted mitochondrial DNA testing on a hair found from pliers on Scott's fishing boat. I think we mentioned that last episode. Uh, Yeah, yeah. And linked them with uh, hairs that were recovered from Lacey's hairbrush and also ser- searched Scott's toolbox, pickup truck, his warehouse, etc. After Peterson was arrested, police con- conducted further searches in the bay in an attempt to locate handmade concrete anchors they believed to weigh down the Lacey's body while it was underwater. Um, I, I left that out. I don't know why, but really quick, um, Scott was... No, I think he was asking for five gallon buckets to be filled with cement, or he was filling them with cement, saying he was making anchors for real. Yeah. I, I, oh my god! So they tried to find these homemade anchors, but were unsuccessful.
1: Oh, I wonder what he, he probably just tied her to something, and probably it probably just didn't work. She, I mean, I include this or not, but she was—he he probably did just dump her. Yeah. And she was probably... I mean, she's probably just... Uh, her flesh was probably eaten at that point. Just, yeah. uh, just, just, just San just left, Francisco. You're know, left to the elements. Yeah. And then it, fetus is expelled at some point.
2: That's, that's a, a
1: horrifying fucking situation. Sorry,
2: moving on. So the Roca family sought the death penalty for Scott in the trial, and the district attorney concurred. After months of jury selection and then a media frenzy-filled trial... He was convicted on November 12, 2004 of first degree murder of Lacey Peterson and second degree murder of the unborn son, Connor Peterson. Good. In December 2004, the jury recommended Scott be sentenced to death, and in March 2005, the judge agreed. Though he still maintains his innocence, Scott currently resides on San Quentin State Prison's infamous death row. According to the Modesto B, he's filed two appeals, one in 2012 for the murder charge and one in 2015, alleging unlawful detention, which are both still pending. Hey, gotta wait for the paperwork to go through, buddy. Sorry about that. He asked for a new trial. The California Attorney General rebuked the request for a new trial in a 150-page document and said there is overwhelming evidence for Scott Peterson's guilt. I I concur. So you kind of changed your mind along the way. Well, we, we, Spit yeah. out
1: some final thoughts. Yeah, I mean, sure. I mean, this is I've been going along with this and with a fresh, fresh mind. Um, yeah, you have. You've been a
2: an objective it, point of view most of the way. Yeah, I
1: wanted to just because you know what the truth is. It 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 was it was born out of necessity because I hadn't done my own prior research and I knew you were kind of leading this one. So I figured I'd just go into it fresh and and hear the tale.
2: And um yeah, this uh, I like this way of doing it. We should do another one like this.
1: Yeah, I like that too because it's like you have an audience right in front of you. But um, yeah, going with it, 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 I just wanted to yeah play devil's advocate in the beginning
2: and just and to to your credit, you've done that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm, but, I'm sure there's a lot of people in the listening to the first episode like I can't believe this guy's agreeing with nah. that. <laughs> well. I mean, it, it's but just, you took it, it very professionally. Well, like once, a I lot mean, of that it, stuff did not point to
1: a murderer. No, individually, no. But I think you're right. As we go through the story and just look at everything timeline, we look at him and his history. He, the, 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 you don't need hard evidence when you have
2: all of this. You know, this yeah, is like I, the, this. This yeah. added up to enough, and there's enough circumstantial evidence plus a body to, to plus motive, you know, he has all the motive in the world. Circumstantial
1: evidence is, is such a big gray area and, and it's a big, uh, it could be a big debate,
2: but I think this one is one of the clearer ones. Definitely. In my point of view. Yeah. Um, I know there's a lot of alternative theories, if you will. I don't want to say conspiracy theories because
1: well, I guess be, you, I, I guess going
2: to alternative theories is more respectful. I guess you could say conser- conspiracy theory because Mark Garagos, the trial lawyer for Scott Peterson um, at trial, implied that it was a satanic cult that kidnapped and murdered Lacey. And he based that on what? I don't know. OK. <laughs> yeah, it was a. Like I said, it was a frenzy-filled trial. Yeah, and when when you have enough. Mark circums- Garagos term. is a very high-profile attorney. He's a very good attorney. He's very good at what he does, and
1: it's called spin. That's what yeah, good, that's what good it lawyers it or not, can do. It works. Yeah, it does. Look at OJ. Yeah, when you just spin the when you just say Look some at
2: outlandish shit, Casey Anthony. I mean, there's plenty of Control there's plenty the of examples to point to, but it does work, and in this case, it didn't. Thank God, uh, but again, like I said, I, there's it just it seems like another Watts scenario. He's, he yeah. thought he could just
1: reset his life if he just killed his wife for some reason.
2: Fuckin but I, I, he's been I just getting away wanna, with shit his whole
1: life. Why the fuck not?
2: I want to point out that some of the alternative theories may seem, and I am being nice by calling them alternative, but they may seem logical when you try to connect the dots, but it really comes down to motive and anyone that had anything against Lacey, which we know no one had any ill will towards Lacey as a person. Uh-huh. Why would they go to such lengths to kidnap her, kill her and cover it up? Right, and that then, is such a high-profile crime Like yeah, to, like just, why to her? just do. right? Why her of all people?
1: Yeah did she need to die she wasn't there wasn't any ransom there wasn't anything right. like that it was just she was just gone
2: matter of fact I think the Petersons were in a little bit of financial trouble uh-huh around the time that she went missing and that could only lend more credence to the guilt of Scott because possible life insurance fraud well not even that it's just uh, like we looked at in the Chris Watts case they were having financial difficulty as well and He wanted to start over with a with another girl and
1: well, yeah,
2: I wonder if is that causation or or or
1: is that just um, A a common symptom among uh, people who are generally Uneasy in their in their marital
2: relationships. It's a common stressor. Well, yeah, I think that's a common stressor I don't think it's a cause for murder, but it's definitely motive. Yeah, you'll see a lot of the same notes Definitely. You'll definitely see that. And so that's where I stand on the whole thing. Yeah. And um, I guess we can wrap it up from here.
1: I don't have much else to add.
2: All right. Well, thank you for listening to our take on the Lacey Peterson murder. We appreciate you listening. And if we got anything wrong, feel free to let us know. Yell at us. Uh, Yell at
1: us on, uh, on Twitter. That's a you can find us on Twitter at a dark tail pod rightn't that it that's it okay cool I'm gonna get better at just kind of like rolling into the reeds <laughs> uh so yeah no yell at us so at a dark tail pod that's twitter if you want to hit us uh, up on an email you can do that at uh dark tale podcast at gmail
2: dot com darktailpodcast at gmail dot com uh that's all the more personal stuff I checked that. Probably at least twice a day. So if you want to throw out a case suggestion, I got a whole file for that. Please send it our way. We're glad to take any requests. We're looking for cases to cover. Um,
1: And an honest thank you to everybody that's listening
2: because I, I think
1: more in the past two or three weeks than compared to... The entire time we start we've gotten a, a lot of feedback. We have. Over the past yeah, couple we've weeks. Gotten a say. lot of feedback. And a, a lot, of, a lot good of
2: feedback. A lot of positive. And um Yeah, it's it's been really fun to watch this whole thing grow. We're coming up on a year, I think, in mm-hmm. February. I think February is yeah. the one year mark. So either way, it's it's I'm
1: constantly surprised when anybody tells me that they're listening. So if you're at work or you're driving to work or you're just flicking through finding new podcasts something else to listen to we really appreciate it
2: yeah definitely
1: uh please watch your backs out there too evil could be anywhere all right